Hi, hello everyone. Welcome to the uh, Mental Maintenance Podcast. Today we have another guest, uh, Urban Elf, um, artist, writer, poet, um, lover of both nature and the city. Um, so uh, take it away. What is your name and what do you go by and all that? Hello, I'm Macaroni and that was a really great introduction. I will say, I feel like you covered it. Aside from the fact that I'm Macaroni. Hello. <laughs> thanks okay. for having me. No, yeah, thanks uh thanks for hopping on. Um Yeah. Yeah, that that's uh that's guest number two for this brand new show. I'm not really sure like if I'm gonna reach that Joe Rogan level yet. I'm not gonna try and like and get over my head to quite that early, but you know, you know, it don't it don't, it don't hurt to dream. Um, so yeah, um so today we're gonna be talking about mostly um written mediums or, you know, um how how we can use that as a way to create slash cope slash um heal all all the slashes. Um but before we even get into that, do you have a favorite um piece of work that you like reading? Um maybe an author that you know about? Let's see. You know, when I'm really looking in times to cope, if I'm if I'm being really serious, you know, I do turn to some religious texts. You know, the Upanishads um, are a really important piece of text to me. And there, there's quite a few of them, but even the Bible. You know, um, but in terms of author authors, like I read a lot of nonfiction actually which is interesting because I write fiction, like exclusively almost, um, or I guess personal essays, you know, as well. I'm more autobiographical, like my more types. But anyway, so um, I'm really into certain topics. There's one called Anthroposophy um, by Rudolf Steiner. It's a philosophy by him that's basically about how the spiritual world projects into physical existence. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a really interesting topic to kind of dive into. Even the Tibetan Book of the Dead. I have Dante's Inferno right next to my bedside here. I have a David Lynch autobiography. I'm just sitting on, I just made my bed because, you know, we're recording this very early and I'm just sitting here looking at my bedside book. That's the Dante's Inferno Upanishad. Um, oh, this musician named Light just came out, or she didn't just come out with a comic book, but I just read it. She oh, came out with it like three, three years ago. Yeah, I know, right? You know, right? Yeah, chick with the so red hair. The chick with the red hair made a comic book about a girl with red hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the end of the world, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, an artist I collab with actually is a good friend of hers, so that's how I got to know her. Also, she made a song with Dead Mouse, and I'm a big Dead Mouse fan. So that's kind of like how I got to jump into, yeah. But yeah, go on. <clears throat> yeah, she has a comic book called Skin and Earth. And it's, and it's so cool to me because she drew it, she colored it, she inked it, she wrote it. Like every little piece of it came from her. Man. And I love female auteurs. Talk about um, a triple threat. Like Britain, draw. <laughs> and 
and she's a musician, super successful musician, you know, unstoppable creative force, you know, really transcending life, you know, when you are a creator like that. So anyway, those are goals to me, big goals. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're well on your way. I mean, you're becoming a staple in the city at this point. Like, Oh, uh, thank you. I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like you, you pretty much are doing everything in the books. Um, you know, like you, you put your work out there. Um, um, you actually have some pretty interesting concept that you explore in you and what you write. And I wanted to ask you about that real quick. Um, so yeah, what, what you write, like, what do you draw inspiration from basically? Like, give us like a quick rundown of that. Yeah, so the things I write are inspired by everything in my life, really. You know, there is that memoir aspect to it where just like the characters are really important to me. Um, but also, you know, I don't know, I have poetry that is metaphysical, but also very human. Um, I have a novel that I'm writing that is like a spiritual science fiction, I call it. Um, yeah, I like words. Um, okay, so going back to what you mentioned, the um, first religious text that you mentioned, what was it called again? The Upanishad. Upanishads, and what's the origin of that exactly? Yeah, so it is Hinduism. Hinduism. And let's see, let me read the back here. The, it is the earliest of these spiritual treaties, which vary greatly in length, were put down in the Sanskrit between 800 and 400 BC. Mm-hmm. So I have a person, my personal favorite is a pretty short copy, it's about 130 pages, and it's a selection from the 12 Upanishads, and it's just a really nice little collection of sacred truth, you know, that is not about really, like, worship or feeling bad at all. It's only about connection, Uh and what is the secret high place of the heart? By ruling this castle, man is free from sorrow and free from all bondage, attains liberation. In space, he is the sun, and he is the wind and sky. At the altar, he is the priest, and the soma, wine in the jar. He dwells in men, in God, in righteousness, and in vast heavens. He is in the earth and the waters and the rocks of the mountains, the truth and power. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when the ties that bind the spirit to the body are unloosened, and the spirit is set free, what remains then? This in truth is that. So, you know, it really feels like yoga for the eyes, just reading this book. Yoga for the eyes. Yeah. And the mind, you know? Um, So, the... um, So, what would be... What would be your earliest memory of, like... um, coming into contact with um, um, religious texts in that context of, you know, um, going going to them as a means to mentally anchor yourself? 
Hmm. That's a really good question. And I think I actually was not raised religious at all. However, I did have very spiritual experiences from a young age to where when I picked up this type of text later on in my life, there are some truths in here that I felt like I had known the whole time and that had kind of been echoing inside of me. And for up until that point, I really ignored, you know, because it was like, oh, just not real. Or, you know, religious texts is really kind of looked down upon in certain liberal spheres. You know, like to be this quote unquote woke person is like science is the new religion. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's, I guess, a whole nother topic. You know, when did I really I think I first read the Upanishads in college. When I was like maybe 21 or 22. And it really changed my life. It really, really changed my life. Seriously. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, you would say so. You would say that you've read those, um, or you were influenced by those texts around the time that you'd consider formative in your life, because you know, college and twenty-one, twenty-two. That's I wouldn't say that's like peak maturity, but that's definitely up there, right? Where you kind of like in the process of forming your own ideas and becoming your own person. Um, yeah, so, for sure. So you, you would say that that helps you, you know, mature in a, in, 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 a, in a good way or you have stuff, you know, left to learn? Although, if we're being technical here, like, we always have something left to learn, right? But did you feel like a, a piece of you was quote-unquote, completed when, you know, that book or text came into your life? Right. I don't I don't really see it as maturity, as more of expansion. Like, the way it just expanded my mind was so powerful. But And, you know, and I had already had these deep roots of spirituality in me for, you know, I have lots of stories of spiritual experiences since I was born, really. And reading this was just validating or just like expanded the, the map of consciousness in my head or just all there is, you know, like, do you ever read a book? Yeah, it's just like dropping knowledge on you. And, and the world is just bigger from that point forward or just, you know, Yeah. when you travel to a new place, have you ever like traveled to a new country? And, like, that feeling, you know, like, holy fuck, the world is so much bigger. And there's just more. There's more corners of the world to be explored, too. But that feeling, but philosophically, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that takes me back to when I, full disclosure, like, I haven't read an actual book. Actually, I did read a book recently, but that was when I was in the mental ward, and I've only read that book because I had nothing else to do. Otherwise, I would not be reading. I don't know. I don't know, man. I used to read so many books when I was younger, but then for whatever reason along the way, I kind of lost that passion for for words. And um, I don't know. I, I've been... That's one of like the tragedies, I think, of the school system. Because it's like, I really feel like school does that to you. 
I know a lot of adults who are just like, oh, after even general education or college, they're just like, I don't want to read anymore because you're forced to read stuff you don't really want to read. Yeah, you're forced to ingest data and spit that shit back out. And right. based on what you spit back, you, you judged on how good you are. And I, I don't know about you, but I was terrible in school and that made me feel horrible about my actual reading slash comprehension skills. So I was like, exactly. you, know what? you know what, reading is not for me. I'm just going to leave that to the actual whiz of the class. Fuck that shit. You know, and that's really sad because I feel like reading and learning should be about joy, you know? And if you think about school, like, school's not about your joy at all. Like, they don't give a fuck about what really interests you, you know? And it's it's really asinine the way the system is set up. Like, what do you mean we all have to read this one same book forever, too, you know? Like, it's always senior English is, like, reads Macbeth or whatever, you know, yeah. every senior class for the last 20 years, like, that's the curriculum, and it's like, there's millions of books, and there's millions of different interests, and, like, people really need to be prepared for the real life right now. Yeah. Like, what, what, how can we make people as skilled and specialized in those skills as possible? Yeah. Like, why is that not in the conversation at all in high school? Yeah. Yeah, it's... But anyway... Really- yeah. You know, it's, um, you know, speaking of which, um, you know, when it comes to the, it's not even the fact that you were forced to read books. Um, it's the fact that there were books that, you know, you could, we could not relate to the stories that they were telling at all, you know, like, especially right. me, especially for me, because, you know, I'm, I'm an immigrant kid, um, from the Caribbean and, Reading about the achievements of some guy in the 17th century or the tragedies of Romeo and Juliet. Don't get me wrong; those those are some great piece of work and in, in the in their context. But to me, that felt empty. I was like, okay, but what do I take from this personally? And I feel like it's something that plays a role too when it comes to the mental component of um, you know, books being helpful. Because um, if, if, you, if you're if you reading a book or in any piece of work, really, and what you're taking away from it is not even something that caters to your own perspective, then it, it definitely contributes to, you know, you not enjoying reading. And it turns into this, like, cycle of you wanting to read, but then you try to read, and then you, you, you don't. Because reading is also a skill like if you haven't read in a couple years it's hard to get back in it you know to get that flow but once you do get that flow it becomes like watching a movie yeah Yeah. you know but it really it does take that practice and so you know it's just you get a little rusty and I definitely sometimes you know there's sometimes I will go a little bit without reading and you know because it's all about comprehension, too. Like, you don't want to just, like, plow through the book and, like, nothing sticks. Because then your mind is not going to expand. It's not about how fast you read. It's the quality of your reading, you know? Mm-hmm. So even if it could... Even monks who, who actually studied the Upanishads for their whole life, or, you know, even Buddhist texts, you, know, you know, Buddhist monks, they read three lines of text a day 
and they spend the rest of the day meditating on those three lines because mm-hmm. there's so much depth in just that simplicity, you know? It really is about a comprehension. And, yeah, reading has that depth that, you know, like movies or visual, I don't know, it, it just goes deeper than that because there is this imagination component. Like, you're not being spoon-fed to the vision. You have to really find the vision in your head. And once you do, like, you're tapping into a, a deep collective conscious. Yeah, I think when it comes to books, um, books specifically, I remember, you know, when, when I used to read a lot, I definitely had this crazy ability to just visualize everything um which by the way there's a natural condition that people have they're not able to visualize anything like if you yeah. tell, you know if you tell them to imagine a red apple they're gonna be like what um, uh, are you serious yeah i'm not i'm not joking like if you tell them to visualize i don't need to laugh yeah what's it called um i forgot the name of it and i could look Oh, I gotta Google. I'm trying to Google right now. My computer's getting slow. Yeah. Condition where you can visualize um, things in your mind. There's like an actual name for it. Um, But yeah, basically that's what it does to you. And I think there's also that component as well that some people, they don't want to read, not so much because they have no interest, but there's nothing you know like they they can't form a mental image of what they actually read um right. so so yeah if you if you if you think you have that you can literally go online you know take a test and it's going to you know go take you to the motions and as you imagine a bunch of things and if for whatever reason you can't imagine anything then that means you have it that's so fascinating like mm-hmm. the mind is is so fascinating to me in the brain, you know, like, wow. Yeah. And then is it, there's no cure for it, I assume. Um, well, to say that there's a cure, that would imply that it's an illness, which I don't really agree that it is. It's just some people, it's like a spectrum. Yeah. There we go. Aphantasia. Good Lord. I literally had it on the tip of my tongue, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Aphantasia. And, yeah, it's, um, I wouldn't necessarily call the absence of the, the the lack of ability to imagine things as like a disease or an illness. It's just, you know, it's a spectrum. Some people are better at it than others. And it can be trained, by the way. So if you're listening and you, you think you have that and you think you, you're fucked, no, you, you're not. <laughs> you have options. Um, but, um, yeah, if you use Reddit, um, there's actually a subreddit for that. Um, you can literally go on there. They have plenty of resources to help you find out what kind of aphantasia you have, how intense it is, and all that, you know. They but, call it a blind mind's eye. A blind mind's eye, yeah. Wow. So, like, um, have you ever heard of The Little Prince or read The Little Prince? Yeah. Okay. Um... Do you know what it's about? Or actually, let me rephrase that. Like, what, in your conclusion, like, what do you think the book is about? 
Please don't want to remember anyway. I haven't read it in a long time. I read it when I was a little kid, and I do know it's really popular. Uh, I see. Yeah, he's stranded on the planet. I remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, the, the, yeah, the, the story of The Little Prince, basically, is there's this guy, he's a pilot, and he gets stranded in the desert somewhere um, uh-huh. um, on his plane, and this random kid shows up out of nowhere, and they, and off they go on an, on an adventure. Um, and um, eventually, the the kid like wants to go home, quote, well, quote unquote, home, because the way he goes home is interesting. Uh, spoiler alert: um, he uh, he comes across a snake, and he asks the snake that. Do you have the power to take me home? And the snake goes, Yeah, yeah, I have the power. And um, the snake goes and bites him. <laughs> um, right. So, so essentially, it's kind of implied that trigger warning that the kid commits suicide, which took so long for me to set in. Like I only realized what what the implications of that was. In my twenties, even though I read that book when I was as early as like six years old. So, so why do you think? Because it is a children's book. Well, most people would say it's a children's book, but honestly, I I couldn't disagree more. This is like, this is the kind of book I I think like most adults should jump into again, jump into again, you know, as. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't even say that to talk down on. Right. The book, you know, I think there's so much deep wisdom in children's books. I actually, I really, I really respect, I really respect them. And Little Prince is that, like, the high, almost the highest one of them all. Right. I definitely have to revisit it. No, definitely. It's worth it. It's, in hindsight, for me anyway, at least, it's kind of depressing because, like, all the themes, like, it talks about, addiction it talks about suicide it talks about abandonment issues it talks about um inability to to trust um a lot of the things the heavy themes that we just have to deal with as adults have been packaged into this book and it only took me two decades to finally realize it it's it's going wow. yeah, it's, it's going to blow your mind um Yes, I'm actually, I'm going to read it today. You have inspired me. Yeah, I wish, if, if, you, if I wish you could read French, because it's so much more insightful. Because, you know, the original language of the book was right. French. But um, yeah. either way, either way. The man, Petit Prince? The Petit Prince, right? yep. Yeah. The Petit Prince, yeah, it's... Um, I love this book. Honestly, like even though I don't read anymore, like every every couple of months or so I would put the audiobook on and just listen to it the whole way through, like a couple of times. Um and kinda like reabsorb myself to it. But um yeah, I find um when it comes to when it comes to words in general, like I feel like what's the most helpful is something that connects to your childhood, um, first of all. But I think also it's a matter of, like, what 
what you need in the moment because I'm, I'm one of those people like right now I'm, I'm I mean I'm sure like a lot of people are going through the same thing um you know like everyone needs company right now because yay quarantine you have to stay home you can't be in touch with anybody but I feel like specifically in my case like um like the lack of contact throughout my life because I grew up in only child and I never really made friends all that much. Um, and I'm pretty antisocial by nature, too, in a way. Oddly enough, right? <laughs> um, no, I mean, I wouldn't know. You seem very, at least very deep. I, I don't know. I guess it kind of makes sense. You know, I feel like the most social people do kind of like, not to hate on anyone, but it is a little more shallow, I suppose. Or it's just a little more on the surface, mm-hmm. you know. You just seem like someone who like who prefers to just like dive deeper into conversations. I really do. Yeah. I really do. It, it's easy for me to get bored of people if they just talk about the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, and not not to dunk on people. Like if what you like is the you know Kim Kardashian or keeping up with like the latest fashion trends, by all means, man, you do that. But I don't know my mind craves answers well not answers but like it it craves perspective that's a better way to put it i really yeah i really like to dissect (laughs) i really like to dissect new ideas new concepts and kind of expose myself to different things that otherwise i wouldn't be able to expose myself to um you know and just because those people like that one thing, it doesn't make you antisocial, you know? It just makes you a different type of person, you know? And that's even going back to that, like, generalized education thing, right? Putting that one standard. Like, oh, if you don't like this one book, you're stupid. Or if you don't like this one trend, you're antisocial. Like, I don't know. We all have different, like, inner tunings, you know, what we notice. And, like, right? What is that soul craving, you know? I think, I think you're doing all right. Yeah. To, uh, so you um yeah let's let's try to talk a bit about what you've been writing. Um, you uh, yeah, sure. you have a title for your for your work yet? Yes. So my graphic novel is called Wings, and my I'm releasing a book before that. Actually, I'm releasing a book on Instagram. Hopefully, this or in the next few days. Basically, by Wednesday, I'm releasing a book called The Crazy Book, and you can read it on my Instagram page. Mm. Aroni yeah. Mac. Aroni Mac, yes, 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 yes. Like macaroni, but backwards. Aroni yeah. Mac. And it took me so long to get it. <laughs> it even says macaroni forward on my page.
And how can we take someone who is just like you or me, you know, miseducated, you know, perhaps an outcast, and how can they connect to the universe and change the world, you know, mm-hmm. through this, like, inner journey? You know, it's like that med- that path of meditation, that path of skywalking is not reserved for just the monk in the cave. Like, anyone has accessibility into the other realms or even the astral realm and beyond and so i'm writing a graphic novel about a 13 year old girl who does that she astral projects every night when she goes to sleep one night she goes too far and she gets sucked into a black hole and she comes back awake you know in her body but she now has wings growing out of her back and she goes through high school and the wings get huge you know five feet tall, you know, everyone has a lot of opinions about it and what she's going to do in her life here. You know, is she going to be a star? Like, what do you do with wings? Is she an angel? Is she a superhero? The only thing she cares about is going back into the astral realm and solving this mystery of like, where did they come from? And like, is she, did she even lose a piece of herself along the way? You know, so there's um, a really big hero's journey and it does come back to the rest of the world, you know, it, it turns into this big epic, and I'm really excited. I'm writing it in Times Square because number one, Times Square is this is the only time it's ever peaceful in history. Number two, Times Square is um, based off the New York Times, which actually named off of it. So, like this is the Writer's Square. It's peaceful. It is made for an elf to get some work done. Hmm. It's made for an elf to get some work done. Yeah, so I'm writing my book Wings, and I'm so excited about it. I can't wait to share it with people. Eventually, you know, it takes a while to write a novel. You know, it's... Oh, yeah. No, trust me. I'm and actually... Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot. And what I was just going to add really quickly is um, I'm looking for a publisher. This will be my debut novel, and I'm really trying to get the word out because I would love to write this in Times Square, and then really after quarantine, you know, find a place I can publish this and share it with the world. Because I think it is an important story that I can give, you um, know. There's this, really based- there's this <laughs> writer, um, her name is Darcy Wilder. Um, she recently published, like, a little compilation of, like, poems and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think one good way to get started would be kind of like going to her and ask her how she did it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I'll definitely link up with her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, her debut novel was born on Twitter. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, literally, show me a healthy person, which I actually referenced yesterday. Well, not yesterday. On the last episode, I did reference work um and yeah speaking of that like um so so what is your what what do you aim to achieve here what do you aim to dissect um as an overall theme or themes in the the stuff that you put down on paper a hundred percent um i i really aim to dissect i mean human psychology I suppose, or just why, but also the psychology of spirituality and a big what if. Like, I really believe 
there is more than what it seems. I've personally seen it. I've personally had experiences. Even people like Joe Rogan have an inkling of the things that I'm talking about and what I hope to talk about with the public for the rest of my life. And um, Wings just kind of explored that by giving this, you know, this mundane girl and throwing her into the astral realm and doing it through graphic novel um, medium. I can really show this expansion that I'm talking about. And even my character goes on a journey of finding new Panishads. And even just like finding all these different types, all this history of lineage of spiritual expansion. And just like really showing that it's possible for anybody. Mm -hmm. Again, like you don't, it doesn't matter what class, what race, nothing. Like you're a human being. Like you have this this gift of the spiritual power, you know, like whatever, you know. And I'm not talking about witchcraft or yada yada, you know. Mm -hmm. It can be those things. But it's really just an empowerment, like the power of manifestation at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, go on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You know, I could really keep just going off about this type of stuff, but I'll just add it's in the power of manifestation and that there is a realm that manifestation lives. You know, it's not just like random, you know, there, and we access it we can strengthen our access to our power in our mm. manifestation. And so I really hope to just like anybody can learn that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, a lot of what you said resonated with me, but in a different way. So I'm about to elaborate on that real quick. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think you're going to find this interesting. So um, obviously, you know what coding is, right? You know, computers, um, yeah, yeah. Binary language and all that. Um, uh-huh. So, so if you think of um, the human experience as a code, so to say, right? Um, yeah. Yes. So that implies that said code can be can be modified. It can be it can be changed. Um, yes. And I can't stress this enough. And I hate like to be like this cliche, hey, read this, it will change your life. Like literally reading changes your life. And it doesn't really have to be limited to, you know, a certain book or um, a certain piece of media. Like, um, um, you know, like the the, the Secret, for example. I don't know if you ever heard of that before. Uh Yeah, you know, this concept of, um, self-affirmation and um, um, manifestation that, like you said, um, just putting down your goals um, or what you aim to achieve in life um, and kind of read that to yourself over and over and over again, you're literally coding your own mind to to give yourself the extra boost um, to, to, to get those things done. Um, and uh, I think I think there's like a really powerful and, and uh, way to use writing in general. Um, and I've been told many times to keep a journal. And <laughs> I don't know if it's laziness or if it's just you know me kind of like losing touch. Because when I was younger, I wrote about two thousand like to like ten thousand pages of like 
journaling alone. Um, and my poetry wow. book, yeah, <laughs> I really used to be into this shit. I don't know what happened. Maybe some, somewhere along the way I got too depressed and I got like too suicidal or some shit like that. I don't even know. But yeah, that was a time when oh, I used to yeah. do this. But I, I, I will say this, um, coming from the perspective of someone who puts, who used to put down his thoughts um, on paper, there is a genuine um, power of like changing the code of your mind and therefore changing the code of your existence. And I feel like, um, you know, it, 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 it starts out something as simple as, hey, um, I, will, I will have a good day today. Um, or um, I will... Gratitude. Yeah. Too. Like when you wake up first thing in the morning, just like think about 10 things you're grateful for, you know? Yeah. Like you have to be on your defense as well. Because one thing I was going to say when you said you don't know what happened and why you stopped writing, there is something that is resistance. You know, and in its spiritual form, you know, it exists in all of us. Like that thing that tells you to never release your creativity, that tells you you're stupid and, you know, no one will ever listen to you. Don't start the podcast, yada, yada. Like that lives in all of us. And by things like gratitude and just being really mindful of that, you can help defend yourself against that resistance, you know, because like there are, we don't live in this like perfect, happy little world where like you know, positive vibes only, it's all love, like, there is real darkness, there's real chaos out on these streets, you know, but light is more powerful than good, and gratitude is just, like, one of the highest forms of manifestation, and just, like, good luck, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and, yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting, um, and hopefully, um, in due times, I will write again. Um, but I think I'm going to start small. And I think the perfect way for me to start would be haikus. Um, yeah. You know what that is, right? I know what haikus are. I love to write haikus. Yeah. They're very yeah. sweet and fun. And they can also, yeah, they're start as small as you want. Yeah, little, little snippets. It's just about loving it, too.
Get the gears going. Yeah, yeah. I feel because I, I genuinely feel like because I'm, I'm telling you, man. There's a lot of themes in this book. When you start to unpack them, that shit is either gonna make you or break you. And I feel like it's something that a lot of people need right now. Um, they kind of need that kind of perspective because some 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 French guy in the army wrote this book. <laughs> He was in the army. Yeah, yeah. He was an aviator. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So. So. Pilot, it, after all. Yeah. We always write kind of a little bit from what we know. I mean. Yeah. I mean. Um. You know. Uh. Jules Verne. Uh, He's French, so you probably don't know him. It's it's fine. Um, well, in French, his name is Jules Verne, but um, he's 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 a famous author, and and his stories tend to focus on like extraordinary extraordinary like travels, like from from Earth to Moon. Um, the, uh, like what some of his books? I I'm pretty sure like twenty twenty thousand leagues under the seas by him. And I'm, okay, yeah. yeah, and I'm saying the English translation here because I grew up in a French culture, so I I only know like oh, the French titles. Okay. I only know the French title of his books. But um, I see. There's I a see. there's a book Do you by speak French? Of course. Okay. Okay. Of course. Um, there's a book. But you don't read French. No, of course I read French. I um. Wait, but I thought you said you don't read the French translation of Little Prince. No, I said I read it. I don't know. Yeah. I've read it, okay. like, yeah. So that's what I grew up on, and I was recommending you to, if you could, um, read it. Oh, and for print. me, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Because, right. like, because, okay. like, like, I feel like the English version has like it, it lacks a certain depth that um, the French version gives you. You know, like, uh, like there's a lot of things that get literally lost in translation. Um, but um, yeah. Which is why I definitely will ponder on the whole hosting a live stream thing. Hopefully, I'll find someone who's gonna be down to watch that. But um. That would be amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now, um, you got a message for the uh, listeners, real quick. Who wants to? I don't know. Want to um, be like you and like start writing their own stuff um make a may make up their own stories or find their little happy place yours is Times square apparently i don't know why you would pick it personally that wouldn't be my place i would be more like in um prospect park central park but uh, mm. uh well i chose Times square because it's the only time in history that it's peaceful there yeah i see and i'm trying to it's mine now <laughs> during quarantine. I yeah. like that. Yeah, and also Times Square is named after the New York Times. I like that it's named after piece of writing. It just feels like these like really good vibes. I have like triangulated this vortex of writing energy. And my fourth field will get my book completed and published and wings will be soaring, baby. Yeah. Uh, I, I really dig that. No, seriously, I'm going to be Definitely, she put in the hell out of you know, Yeah, thank you. Um, we're going to go somewhere with that. But yeah, so 
So how how does one find their little happy place, in your opinion, for, for them to write in or to create in? Um, the happy place really comes from within. Again, like, I don't think, and that's also another point, like, it doesn't matter to a certain point where you are. Sometimes you need to go somewhere, but it's really, like, calming yourself down, like, calming that resistance down in your mind. You know, so even if that is you need to go to a certain place, if you need to be around a certain people, sometimes you need to be completely alone, you know, and uh, taking the pressure of the past and the future off your mind. Like, you have to be really present to write, you know, and just really in it, you know, because you have to, you know, visualize, be there for something else in your head and kind of capture it. You know, I feel like writing is sometimes documenting a vision. Mm-hmm. Which sounds kind of hokey, but I hope you catch my drift. You know, it's it's just fun. It's just imagination. You know, it's just like unlocking that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna like ask like a very controversial question, but not really. Um, like um, so when when you write, what's best? Pen and paper, laptop, typewriter. Hit me. actually used one of these in the past when I was younger yeah. and yeah these are so <laughs> they were really satisfying to write on but it's also messy so be wary of that if you're gonna like write on one with the ink and all that uh-huh. right uh, cool cool so yeah elf elf um alpharoni macaroni alpharoni yes <laughs> It was an absolute pleasure to hear from your perspective. Um, I've I've surprisingly learned a lot. I was not I was not really sure what to expect going in, like, because I kind of like I, I know I don't know if you remember that I was referring to you as like that um, video game character that kind of like sends you out on a quest. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, well, you know, thanks for having me. Um, so, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to talk. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty dope. Um, so, you got anything else to plug before we head out? Yeah, I'm going to be uh, in Times Square pretty much every day. It doesn't rain. Kind of different hours at different times. You got to kind of catch me, but 
I'll be in Times Square. I have a book coming out on Instagram in a couple days. Follow me at Aroni Mac. And that's it. That's it for right now. You know, it was, it was a pleasure. Cool, cool. All right. Mental maintenance. The books, off the books, we are.